and welcome back to another episode of the Mainline Minute presented by Homefield Apparel. I'm your host, Tommy Godin, and we've got a good one today where we will be going back, taking a look at Villanova's dominant victory over Kevin Willard and the Maryland Terrapins, making Willard 0-7 all-time at the Finneran Pavilion for his career. Before we take a look forward to one of the best weeks of the year, Feast Week in college basketball, Villanova playing in the battle for Atlantis. They have a date with the Texas Tech Red Raiders at 2.30 Eastern time on Wednesday. But before we get into all that, there does need to be some flowers distributed from this podcast because, well, after all, this is a Villanova basketball podcast. And while I don't talk about the women's basketball team maybe as much as I should, uh, it doesn't mean that they're not doing enough to get recognition. So before we get into any of that, I need to shout out Lucy Olson and the women's basketball team for their impressive 90-62 victory over Big Five rival uh, the Temple Owls. Lucy Olson, 40 points, 12 of 22 from the field. Uh, just an absolutely incredible performance. It's just another feather in her hat. She's so fun to watch play. Um, if you haven't gotten a chance to go see her at the Finneran Pavilion or wherever they're at, uh, locally, please do go watch her uh, and the whole rest of the team. Christina Dalsey, 18 points. She's the anchor on the defensive end in the paint. And then there's a freshman, Maddie Weber, who I wanted to give some flowers to. 13 points and six rebounds in 24 minutes off the bench in her first Big Five game as a true freshman. She's really stepping up uh, in that regard. So, incredibly impressive win from the two and one. Uh, Villanova Wildcats women's basketball team, but 40 for Lucy Olson. She's looking a whole lot like that forward on the Dallas Wings right now. So congratulations to Maddie Weber, Christina Dalsey, and Lucy Olson. This was the first time I've mentioned them on the Mainline Minute so far this year, and I don't think it'll be the last. Uh, this is a really, really talented team uh, led by a really, really talented head coach. So I've got high hopes and expectations for where that team is going this year. Um, and they're a joy to watch, so keep in touch with them. Moving on, we're going to take a look back at Villanova's impressive 57-40 to win over the Maryland Terrapins last Friday night, a game in which the Wildcats limited Maryland to just 12 made field goals over 40 minutes. Mark Armstrong set the tone, diving for a loose ball uh, off the tip-off. I think it was Ryan Hartnett that tweeted, or somebody along those lines was sitting by the Maryland bench and TJ Bamba is screaming in the face of, of the Maryland players, we're here, we're here. And that intensity kind of carried over to the whole game. I mean, Villanova team that's historically a slow starter, especially over the last couple of years, built a 13 to two lead, just four minutes and 27 seconds into the game. And it was a very, very impressive first half. Tyler Burton had, uh, 10 of his 15 points in the first half, and Villanova kind of put it on cruise control from there, uh, maybe to a bit of a fault. I mean, there's putting it on cruise control, and there's whatever the heck they did in the second half going 12 minutes or whatever that was without a basket. I don't expect to see that um, ever again this year. Um, but the turnovers and uh, the the lack of open looks that they were getting uh, in, in the second half, especially the latter stages, was in part to Maryland's cranked up defensive intensity um, that's on Kevin Willard for coaching and, and having his guys ready to fight, even though they were down by as many as 32 points in the second half um, going down swinging. So 
on the topic of uh, relentless defense, I mentioned in the open, Villanova limited Maryland to 12 made field goals over 40 minutes. Uh, Maryland used a little late run, 13 to two run over the last five minutes to make a, a lopsided final score look not as bad, but Villanova held Maryland to 27 points over the game's first 32 minutes and 50 seconds. And, I mean, you talk to these guys, Kyle Neptune, Tyler Burton, Hakeem Hart, they all echo the same message. Um, really w- proud of the way the guys competed. Uh, start the game, the offense was was awesome to watch. First five or six minutes, Kyle Neptune said after the game. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but uh, what they all echo is, to quote Tyler Burton, hitting the shots was great, but our focus was on the defensive end and Talking to Kyle Neptune and these guys, that's where they're going to win games. There's going to be some games where they aren't hitting shots in the offensive end, and they're going to stay in the game because of their defensive presence, and that's exactly what they did against the Maryland team who is struggling mightily to start the year, especially on the offensive end. Um, but they're still a team that was picked third in the preseason for the Big Ten. Um, so extremely talented team, uh, no small task to hold uh, a Big Ten team to 40 points over 40 minutes. So I was really encouraged by the defensive intensity in this one. The offense, I'm also not too, too concerned about. I mean, the first half was outstanding. The first five, six minutes of the game and, and the second half of the first half, I guess if and that's one way to put it, but um, <laughs> the latter stages of the first half, um, it, the offense kind of dwindled down a little bit, and the second half was a disaster. Villanova scored 18 points in the second half, but again, I don't expect that to carry over um, to the battle for Atlantis or anywhere down the line this year. I mean, they're going to struggle on offense some games, but especially against Texas Tech, who prides themselves on defense. They're top 10 in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, as far as this game goes, uh, 18 points in the second half is is not Villanova basketball, um, but I don't expect that to continue. I'm not. There's a lot of talk about this being an ugly win and and not being uh, too optimistic for the remainder of the season after this one, and and this is how they felt after the Penn game. I'm not in that camp. You know, obviously, um, you would have liked to see Villanova finish the game the way they started it, but. There's a lot of encouraging things to take away from this game. I think the first two possessions where they went inverted offense through Eric Dixon, got him the ball in the post. He passed out of the double team, led to two open three-pointers that Tyler Burton and TJ Bamba connected on the first two possessions of the game. So there's adjustments, there's improvements. I'm optimistic moving forward. Um, obviously didn't love the second half, but don't expect those woes to continue. But there's not really much more to write home about from that game against Maryland. Um, Early on in the season, it was a 17-point win over a formidable Big Ten team who was struggling to get out of the gate. So I think we all would have signed up for a 17-point win uh, when this game showed up on the schedule, and and I'm definitely going to take it moving on. But we're going to move on to our uh, preview of the Battle for Atlantis matchup with Texas Tech. But before I do that, I need to tell you guys about my friends over at Homefield Apparel. They just launched a new line of jackets, and I was watching the Full 40 podcast on Twitter the other day. They do their live show. It's great. And I saw uh, Trevor and Chris Bellotti 
wearing the new jackets. It's a light blue. Uh, I don't know if Willie's is still in the mail or where it is, but they looked amazing in those jackets. The jackets itself, it was mostly the jackets' fault. Uh, well, not fault. It was because of the jacket that they looked amazing. But uh, the jackets are amazing. Go check them out at Home Field Apparel. Use code Nova Insider to get a discount at checkout. Uh, I, I don't know if I have if I have the style to pull off one of those jackets. We'll see. But uh, really high quality stuff. Love my guys over at Home Field Apparel. Go check them out if you haven't already. But that will bring us to our last segment of the show, the preview of Wednesday afternoon's matchup against the Texas Tech Red Raiders. That'll give you plenty of time for your Thanksgiving Eve shenanigans in the evening. Uh, Game's at 2.30. Hopefully uh, you can get out of work in time, get to your favorite spot on the couch, open a beverage, and enjoy this game, which is projected to be a defensive battle. Um, Texas Tech... Like I mentioned before, ranked top 10. They're number eight in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency. They've held two opponents this year to under 50 points. Uh, Granted, those two opponents were San Jose State and Texas A&M Commerce. Um, But nonetheless, that's an impressive feat. I think these are two really strong defensive teams coming into this game. That's going to be the storyline behind this game. Now, Texas Tech is a team who's not overly big. They're also not overly tested so far this year. Uh, they've played the aforementioned uh, Texas A&M Commerce and San Jose State, but the only other game that they've played this year was against Texas A&M Corpus Christi, um, which they squeaked out a nine-point win at home against a pretty solid Texas A&M Corpus Christi team. I mean, they're not world beaters, but they were in the tournament last year, so definitely not a pushover either. Um, but Villanova has had their wake-up call. Texas Tech hasn't been tested yet. Um, Villanova, they show that they're refocused and they bounce back in a big way, dominating Maryland, um, allowing 15 points in the first half, all that good stuff. Tenacious on defense. Uh, Villanova is going to be more prepared for this game than the Texas Tech Red Raiders, in my opinion. Um, they're more balanced than Texas Tech. I mean, looking at the Ken Palm rankings, I mentioned that Texas Tech was 8th in defensive. They're 127th in offensive efficiency, which uh, compared to Villanova, much more balanced. 21st in offensive efficiency, 46th in defensive efficiency. So Villanova is much more balanced. Uh, They're going to have a hard time um, scoring on these Villanova Wildcats. I mean, especially from deep. Um, Maryland's, or not Maryland. Texas Tech's best three-point shooter, I believe, is Kerwin Walton, and he's shooting uh, 33% just about, which it's not great. It's not a recipe for success. Some of the guys that take a lot of three-point shots are shooting anywhere from 17 to 25%. So defense, defense, defense is going to be the MO in this one. Now, this is a game that may be better suited for uh, the Thursday afternoon slot instead of the Wednesday after you you ate too much turkey, get the tryptophan going, and, and the stuffing, you melt into the couch. And while there's football on, if you're listening to this podcast, there's probably a good chance that you'd have the Villanova basketball game on it instead. But if you find your favorite spot on the couch, you kind of melt into there and, and take a snooze. And the reason I say that is going to be a very slow, very methodical, uh, almost like a game of chess because – Texas Tech, 264th in the country in tempo, and 
as any Villanova fan knows, they're no running gun team either. They're even worse, 332nd in the country. Not worse. That was a bad, poor choice of words, but it's just it's just a game plan. It's it's what they are, and it's worked for years. So it's going to be a very slow game, a, a defensive game, a lot of parts moving in and out of this lineup, and it's going to see be interesting to see how Kyle Neptune can adjust to that. Um, I'd make those adjustments to a Texas Tech team that uh, is going to be facing their first real test of the year. This is a top 50 team on Ken Palm and Villanova, 24th at the time of the recording, uh, which is nice. They actually jumped up after the Maryland game. I know there was some talk on social media and and, and amongst the, yourselves that, you know, after the Maryland game, uh, it's a win, but they're going to, the, the metrics, the metrics are going to look bad. Well, they jumped up in the metrics. So uh, it's a win-win for both aspects. But back to the preview with Texas Tech, they're not an overly big team on paper. The average height is actually uh, Villanova's taller on average than this Texas Tech team. Um, they do have a seven-footer Warren Washington, seven foot two twenty-five. He's a sixth-year senior, extremely good on the offensive class. Twenty-third uh, in the entire country, he is not the team, just him uh, on the offensive glass. Uh, he's experienced in the paint. <clears throat> paint, excuse me. Uh, he's experienced in the paint, and they have a formidable backcourt duo as well. Pop Isaacs, which is an all-name team candidate there, six foot two hundred seventy pounds. Uh, and Joe Toussaint, who's a West Virginia transfer, make one of the better backcourts uh, in the Big 12. And like Villanova, this Texas Tech team is one that's built in the transfer portal. I just mentioned Joe Toussaint is from West Virginia. Uh, Darian Washington, 11 points per game last year from Nevada. And the aforementioned Warren Washington and Devin Cambridge uh, both played for Arizona State last year. So this is a team that like Villanova is having trouble gelling early, especially on the offensive end, but that's to be expected when you bring in all of those transfers. The one thing is they're not going to be bad forever on the offensive end. So uh, if Villanova is not careful and they don't lock down uh, their defensive mentality, the the pressure, keep the pressure on them early. Uh, they have the Texas tech does has the talent and the coaching to uh, light you up on the offensive end. They haven't shown it so far this year. They also haven't been tested this year. So Villanova is going to bring their perfect record, perfect record in the battle for Atlantis uh, to this matchup with um, Texas Tech. I expected this to be a pretty good game. Um, Villanova looks like the better team on paper, but anything can happen in these multi-team events, and it's early in the year. We've seen that. I don't think um, anybody expected the pen game to go the way that it did, but it did. And I'm not going to make a prediction on this one, but I feel pretty confident that if Villanova can uh, stay true to their ways on the defensive end and really keep applying the pressure on the offensive end, like we saw in the first half of uh, the Maryland game, that they should fare pretty well against these Red Raiders. Well, that'll pretty much do it for this episode of the Mainline Minute. I hope you all have a very good Thanksgiving. I hope you get to spend it with your families. I'm very thankful for each and every one of you that tunes into this episode every week and interacts with my content and all my peers' content and the Villanova content sphere. So um, very thankful for each and every one of you, and I mean that. So um, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. I hope it's accompanied by a Villanova victory. 
men's and women's. The women are playing right now as we speak. I got that game off to the side. They're winning 42-31 to 31 as I record this over the Holy Cross Crusaders. Um, so I hope that final score holds up and we get another win for for the Wildcats. But that's going to be all for this episode. I don't think – no, I'm not going to record on Thanksgiving. Um, I'll tune in after the the North Carolina or Northern Iowa game. Um, but I'm not going to record on Thanksgiving. So you'll probably get an episode uh, before Villanova's third game, uh, whenever that may be. So, again, thank you all for tuning in. I can't wait to see you next episode. And as always, go Cats.